This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. And here we go. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year to all the Giants fans. Anyway, if you're a Jet fan, you're absolutely disgusted. Jake Asman in for Larry tonight, taking you until midnight. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Jet fans, you better bring it after that debacle that we just watched this afternoon. Post game just wrapped up with Dan and Greg, and, and my goodness. I, I mean, that's obviously where we start. We'll give the Giants all the credit in the world. They certainly deserve it. Brian Dable should win coach of the year. Daniel Jones has to be the quarterback next year. But we start tonight with the Jets, who lose 23-6 to and are eliminated from the playoffs. As someone who has grown up a diehard Jet fan, you hear the phrase, same old Jets. Yet, as a Jet fan, you want to believe. And you enter today after getting a second lease on life. After the Green Bay Packers helped you out last week. The Cincinnati Bengals helped you out last week. And the Jets actually had a pretty realistic path to the playoffs entering today. And then the game actually started at 4.05. And you question everything why you still root for this crummy football team. This is a game today that makes you question everything about this coaching staff, about this organization. It felt like SOJ. Same old Jets. And this felt like the 2008 game in Seattle with Brett Favre at quarterback. I was having nightmares watching this. And, and as a Jet fan, you kind of know when it's going to be an SOJ type of game. How about the start of this game? You're thinking, all right, Jets come out. They had 10 days to prepare. Show us something. And the first play of the game is a 60-yard run by Kenneth Walker. Three plays, 73 yards, a minute 35 to go. And Seattle opens up the game with a touchdown. I mean, that was just disgusting. I mean, the Jets were lucky they only trailed 17-6 to at halftime. And then they start the drive, the, you know, the opening drive of the third quarter with the ball, three and out. Uh, th- this was awful. Jet fans, that was awful. This fan base, we, I'm using we, because as a diehard Jet fan, we all deserve better than the garbage that we saw today. To go from 5-2, and two, Six and three at the bye. Seven and four after the Bears win. And this team hasn't won a game since a couple days after Thanksgiving. I mean, we all said coming in, hey, let's play meaningful games into December. Well, we got meaningful games into January. What they didn't tell us is that it was going to be this painful. That was awful. Awful. And I know a lot of people want to weigh in, and we're going to hear from you throughout the course of the show. 800-919-3776. It's Jake Asman in for Larry Hardesty here on the drive until midnight. And on a day the Giants clinch a playoff berth, that was incredibly unexpected to say the least. Here are the Jets getting eliminated after they started 7-4. and four. So this is one of those games, man. I'm sorry. I like Robert Sala. I'm not in the, you know, I don't want to fire the coach, start over again. But this is one of those games that makes you question, is he the right guy? Because you can't blame Zach Wilson for this one. And we'll get to Mike White in a moment, but you start with this coach. They were not ready to play today. The Jets allowed scores on their first three series, and they fell behind 17-3. to I mean, how does that happen? What did they do the last 10 days? Did they even practice? I mean, and then you got to hear everyone make all the Geno jokes. Geno eliminated the Jets, the knockout punch. I mean, Geno Smith was okay today, but I mean, my God, could the Jet defense force a turnover? Uh, can the the Jet defense put some pressure on the quarterback? Can they stop the run? Which, you know, first half of the year, that was a strength. It's just, 
Very, uh, very discouraging, frustrating, all of it, man. I mean, it's just, it's brutal. This game was so bad. I'm watching this game with my dad today, and and, and I don't get to watch that many Jet games with my dad anymore because I do afternoon radio in Houston. So I'm here for the holidays and have this awesome opportunity to be on tonight, and I'm so excited to watch this game with my dad. And he's falling asleep in the third quarter because of how inept this football team was today, how inept this offense was. Uh, it's just brutal, man. And, and And I'll say this. Once again, I like Robert Sala personally. He seems like a great guy. But best believe, Woody Johnson, who's now back, is not going to sit here and do nothing if the Jets continue to lose. They lose again next week, and after starting 7-4, and four, here they are at 7-10. and 10. You end the year on a six-game losing streak. Something has to be done. Someone's got to be set the sacrificial lamb. Hell, maybe it's Zach Wilson. I don't know. But you can't start 7-4, and four, and we're talking about how this team is ahead of schedule, and they have all this young talent, and then lose the way they've lost these last two games. I mean, at least when you lost close to Minnesota, it's, well, the Vikings are a really good team. You lost to the Bills on the road. The Bills are the one seed right now in the AFC. I, I, what's the excuse for this offense the last, what, four games to score 37 points? This team's not prepared. And someone's got to pay the price. I don't know if it's Robert Sala, but I don't know how Mike LaFleur is necessarily here next year. You can't blame Zach Wilson for everything. And then that brings us to Mike White. And let me say this about Mike White. The odds were overwhelmingly stacked against Mike White being this team's week one quarterback going into 2023, but you wanted to believe in something. And I know Mike White's playing banged up. He clearly is not 100%. But the sad reality is the starting quarterback for this team right now is not on the roster. So in a year in which you find out Zach Wilson is a historic bust who's got the same stats through 22 career starts as Jamarcus Frickin' Russell – you also don't even at least to, you know, salvage the year by just making the playoffs and ending the playoff drought and, and to avoid having to see the dopey graphic come up every game that the Jets have had this longest playoff drought since 2010. Now it's 12 years in a row without the playoffs. I just You're disgusted if you're a Jet fan. How could you not be? Disgusted. And, and this team obviously needs a quarterback. They need a real veteran quarterback on this team. They cannot go into next year with a Mike White, Zach Wilson competition. They can't. They need a competent quarterback on this team, but that's not going to solve all their issues. But, man, in a make-or-break year, they cannot run it back next year and be like, well, you know, hey, Jeff fans, we overachieved. Our Vegas win total was five and a half, and here we are. We have seven wins. I mean, adjust your expectations. We did it for the Mets last season. We adjusted. They won 101 games. Any Mets fan feeling good about them going over the win total last year? How about the Rangers? Oh, they overachieved. You feeling great when they got beat in the conference finals? No, it stinks. You adjust your expectations based on what you've seen. And, and this was brutal today, man. I like Robert Sala personally, but I keep coming back to him as the head coach. This team was 5-2, and 6-3 and three at the bye, and now they're 7-4. and four. And yes, Zach Wilson stunk. Yes, Zach Wilson is not a starting quarterback in this league. But what's the excuse for the defense falling apart on the fourth and inches against the Lions? Or the special teams, which continues to be horrific, game in, game out. Why does Braden Mann still have a job? I'm sure he's a wonderful guy, a great guy. He should not be punting for the New York Jets. And they had 10 days to get a new punter just to keep Braden Mann on this team today. Woo! Uh, it just it, it It's mind-boggling as a Jet fan. This is why... When you start to believe, you always end up getting hurt. A game like today. S-O-J. Same old Jets. Don't I, I don't want to hear about them overachieving and the expectations changing. And, and, oh, they're ahead of schedule, Jake. They're ahead of schedule. 
You cannot lose these games the way they have in December now into January. I, I sat in the rain and got pneumonia last Thursday night at MetLife against the Jaguars where Chris Strebler completes a pass and we give him a standing ovation because that's how inept Zach Wilson was. I mean, come on, man. How did this season go from so exciting to where they are right now? It's just it's depressing, honestly. You know, you want to say the only silver lining is, well, you know what you need to do. You need to get a veteran quarterback. I mean, I, I, I guess you want to call that a silver lining. I think it stinks that Zach Wilson's a bust or it seemingly looks like a bust. Oh, but Jake, he needs to be coached up better yeah, so we can wait 10 years like Geno Smith. They, this team needs a competent quarterback, but even if they get the competent quarterback, you feel great about this coaching staff right now? And I'm not saying fire Robert Sala. I'm not. But this is the type of game that makes you question the head coach. And you best believe, now that they have officially been eliminated from the postseason, it's got to be playoffs or bust next year, right? I mean, how many years do we give this general manager, Joe Douglas, going to his fifth year, fourth full offseason? How many years do we give Robert Sala? He's going into his third year as a head coach next year. I mean, this season is so disappointing that if they at least just found a way into the playoffs, they would have built up some equity. Now? Now? I mean, now it's playoffs or bust. Otherwise, you're cleaning house. You can't just keep saying, wait till next year, we're ahead of schedule. This this was the opportunity for the Jets at 7-4, and four, and they blew it. They blew it. Garrett Wilson said it after the game. Why is it a rookie that sounds, uh, you know, more coherent, more, uh, more clear than the head coach who tries to talk about, you know, injuries and tough circumstances and all? And, uh, no Jeff fan wants to hear that after this team no-showed in the biggest game of the year with 10 days to prepare. Can I say that again? Not, not one, not two, not three, not four. 10 days to prepare for this game. And they showed up, and three plays into the game, they trailed seven to nothing and never had a chance. Never had a chance. You want to blame the quarterback? Blame the quarterback. You want to blame the head coach? Blame the head coach. But this was team-wide a total no-show by the Jets. A total no-show on a day the Giants, who overachieved all year, find themselves in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And here are the Jets, who wasted a 7-4 and start, eliminated, done. Longest playoff drought in the NFL continues. And, and, and no Jet fan is going to be feeling optimistic today that they overachieved and they're ahead of schedule. We're, we're, we're pissed, and rightfully so. When can this team... Turn the corner completely. Not get out to a good start, but finish. It wasn't today. And big picture, you have to be concerned about this coaching staff. You have to be. I'm not saying fire Robert Sala once again. But big picture, you have to be concerned. We know Mike White's not here next year. We know Zach Wilson's either on the bench or he's not here next year. We know there'll be a new quarterback. I'm concerned about this head coach. I don't know how you could watch this game today and not be concerned about Sala and this coaching staff. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. It's Jake Asman filling in for Larry Hardesty here. It's The Drive. More of your calls coming up. I want to hear from you, Jeff fans. We'll get to the Giants in the second hour of the show. We're taking you till midnight here. Once again, it's Jake Asman with you on 98.7 ESPN. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. 
That's a good question. I can look at everything all the way from top down, starting with me, obviously, with this whole second half of the season. Is there something that we could have done differently from a practice schedule standpoint? Anything just to kick start it. And, you know, we made some changes with this travel schedule to come out a day earlier just to give our, get ourselves acclimated. But there's a lot of things that I can look at individually for myself. That was Robert Sala on losing and, oh, yeah, being eliminated from the playoffs. In case you haven't heard, the Jets have been eliminated from the playoffs every season. Since the 2010 season. It's Jake Asman in for Larry Hardesty with the drive. We're taking you till midnight. Your call is coming up at 800 919 3776. Once again, we open the show, and Jeff fans, I know you have a lot to say about this head coach. I'm not out completely on Robert Sala, but once again, this is a game that makes you question whether or not he's the right guy. I understand the quarterback play for most of the year has been abysmal. I understand that, yes, the defense went from 32nd to here they are in the top five, but this team has had 10 days to prepare. For this opponent, they played today in Seattle. And Pete Carroll and his coaching staff ran circles around Salah and his staff. The first drive of the game, three plays in before you even sat down on your couch, the Jets were down seven to nothing. And, and let me say this Robert Salah, I don't think you should just get rid of him because you don't want to go to another coach after just two years. But man, he's coaching for his job next year. I'll say it again. Him and Douglas, playoff or bust. I want to hear Woody Johnson say it, playoffs or bust. It's enough. All right, this could have been the year they could have got in. And instead, it's a typical Jet defeat that makes you say, same old Jets. Your call's right now, 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. If you're going to talk Jets and you're going to talk about a Jet debacle, you have to start it off with Ira from Staten Island. Ira, you're first up on the show. What's going on? Hey, Happy New Year, Jake, and great to hear you on New York Radio. Hopefully this, uh, uh, hopefully uh, you get the opportunity because you, you sound great. And I wish I was calling you with happier news, but you know, just give me an extra couple of seconds here tonight. This is an epic collapse, okay? I don't know how old you are, but you know, I'm sure you remember 2000. You could go back to 94, you could go back to 97, you could go to 2011, you could go back to, to Joe Walton. I mean, this was an utter epic collapse, and they were all, all responsible, okay? The players, the coaches, offense, defense, special teams, right right down the line. The only one that did a good job was Joe Douglas. He blew the pick with Zach Wilson, but otherwise he, he's got some nice talent around this team. But today's game, they were so unprepared and you know something? After Kenneth Walker went to that 60-yard run and they scored and then they threw the pick and then it's 10 nothing. I watched the entire game, but mentally I checked out because I knew it, you could see it. They, were, they, just, they weren't into it. And you know what? You know what bothered me the most is that either Thursday or Friday, Salah came out and he was asked a question, and he said, well, this is not about the playoffs. This is about picking ourselves off the mat. That was the wrong message to send. This was all about the playoffs. Your playoffs lives were on this. This is what it was all about today. And they came up short. And as for the coach, listen, we have to find a quarterback. I don't know how you feel about Derek Carr. There's not that many options. I don't want Garoppolo because he'll only give you 10 games. But as for the coach, all right, to me, when you lose six games after you're 7-4 and four, you and, and you're getting blown out by the Jacksonville Jaguars and by the Seattle Seahawks, all right, he deserves to be fired, but I wouldn't fire him unless you could upgrade. Just to bring in, like you say, another coordinator or something like that, 
then I, I ride it out. But both men are on the chopping block next year. But, look, you know, we thought that all we needed was maybe a sprinkle of a player or two for next year. But think about it. We've got to find a quarterback. We're going to need two offensive tackles. Okay, we might need a head coach. We're definitely going to need an offensive staff because the floor is going. I, as a matter of fact, if I were Woody Johnson, I'd like to, I'd, I'd tell him to fly commercial home. I leave him in Seattle. <laughs> all right, and and then the other thing, defensively, you need a safety, you need a couple of linebackers. I, I mean, I, I I hate to feel like this, but after you're six and three, seven and four, you can't finish the season seven and ten, losing six straight. It's just it, it's just unacceptable. Ira, thank you for the call. Yeah, I, I mean. You're spot on. I I would not fire Robert Sala. Would this collapse if he had been here longer? This is a fireable offense. Eric Mangini had a similar collapse when the Jet were 8-3, and three, and ironically enough, that was the year they lost the second-to-last game of the season in Seattle. And then, oh, yeah, they finished with the Miami Dolphins the following week. Sound familiar? I mean, I was hoping this season for the Jets would be a lot like 2009 when they got the second lease on life after the Jets lost to the Falcons that year, and then Curtis Painter, remember him, Jet fans, came into the game because Jim Caldwell took out Peyton Manning and didn't want to go for the undefeated season, and the Jets rode that momentum all the way to a championship game with Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan in year one. Instead, this is like 97. Uh, this is a lot like 2000, as Ira brought up. This is obviously like 08 with the 8-3 and three star. Uh, this is just typical Jets. Typical Jets. And unfortunately... Not only is Zach Wilson a historic bust, Mike White's not your long-term answer. We know that. I think we all hoped he could be. But they can't go into a do-or-die season with Salah and Douglas in this regime with Mike White. So now you need a quarterback as well. And Ira brought up some of the other issues on the roster. But it starts at quarterback. As far as what the Jets do at quarterback, you start with the biggest names possible. You might laugh. I don't care. I'm calling the Packers and seeing if I can get Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to call the Ravens and see if they're dumb enough to trade Lamar Jackson. All right, Tom Brady's a free agent. He almost went to the Dolphins with Sean Payton, and then the NFL stepped in because there was tampering involved. How about he wants to come to the Jets and stick it to Belichick next year? I don't care if he's 45 years old. You think Tom Brady's ever going to be bad? You start there, and then you're likely going to end up with Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or Ryan Tannehill, and you hope that's enough to at least make the playoffs. But it is so disappointing that in a year in which you found out Zach Wilson is not the guy, now... You also don't even get to make the playoffs, which was like the saving grace of having to sit down Zach Wilson to try and spark this team and go to Mike White. Back to your calls we go. Dan in Mineola next up on 98.7. Jake Asman in for Larry Hardesty here on The Drive. Dan, what's going on? Hey, Jake. What's going on? Um, uh, thanks for having me on. I just want to first say, hearing you on the ESPN airwaves, long overdue, and hopefully it's the first of many, many, many more shows for you. So it's great hearing you on ESPN New York. Thank you, Dan. Happy um, New Year. Happy New Year. The reason why the Jets had success early in the season and got to that 7-4 and four mark, and you, and you mentioned 6-3 and three at the bye, they played great defense. They stopped the run. They got to the passer. They got sacks. They put pressure on the quarterback. That has not been there the last couple of weeks. And today, the run defense was absolutely abysmal. You mentioned the first play of the game. It was, it was all game. They couldn't stop the run. This defense is severely overrated. We were talking about them a few weeks ago as one of the best defensive units in the NFL. I'll tell you what, one of the best defensive units in the NFL does not allow 198 rushing yards to a somewhat mediocre running attack and offensive line of the Seattle Seahawks. This was an abysmal defensive performance by the Jets. And you can talk about the issues on offense, and you touched on it with Ira a little bit, and you touched on it in your open, but the defense is a, was abysmal today, unacceptable 
for a Robert Sala coach, coach team on defense to, to, to come out the way they did today and, and really looks like they had very little life. And it looks like from the get-go, from that first play, that set the tone for the, what type of game this would be. The Jets would get run on all day. They'd be dominated in time and possession. And they let Geno Smith kind of dink and dunk his way down the field to get touchdowns. And it was just an embarrassing, embarrassing performance. And I couldn't help but think about week 17 of the 2015 season. I feel exactly the same right now as I did after that horrendous loss to Rex Ryan and the Buffalo Bills to end that season. It was just an abysmal, abysmal day for the Jets. Dan, good call. And what's what's different about that season to this season, at least that team got to the last week of the season with a chance to get it. The Jets can't even do that. I mean, watch, the Patriots are probably going to lose to the Buffalo Bills next week. And the Jets are going to be kicking themselves that they blew an opportunity to get in because they might be able to beat up Skylar Thompson next week because Teddy Bridgewater was knocked out of the game today with a broken finger on his throwing hand. So you're probably going to go beat up on a third-string quarterback who's terrible next week, finish the year 8-9, and nine, and we're going to be kicking ourselves knowing that this team blew both games to the Patriots. This team blew two home games in December to the Lions and the Jaguars who don't have good defenses. I mean, it's just brutal. And another point that Dan brought up about this defense, look, this defense is good. If I hear any Jet fan or anyone says the Jets have a great defense, you're just not watching. This team does not force any turnovers. Three turnovers today by the Jets. Seattle, though, zero turnovers. I mean, the Jets, even when they forced a turnover last week against Jacksonville, they do nothing with it. But that was the first time they forced a turnover on defense since you go back to the C.J. Mosley interception against the Bears. As well as this defense has played, and it's tough to kill them because they would not be in the situation they were in in the first place without them. You can't call this defense great when they don't force turnovers. They don't score defensive touchdowns. I mean, the Patriots score a defensive touchdown seemingly every week. They did it again today. That's how they won. Brutal. Nathan in Florida, you're up next on 98.7 ESPN. It's Jake Asbitt in for Larry Hardesty here on The Drive. Nathan, what's going on? Hey, Jake. Nice to hear you on. um, Nice to hear you on ESPN. Um, I am a 70 year old Jet fan. I've seen every single Jet Jet game, and this isn't the same old Jets. Let me tell you why. Both both of their tackles were hurt for the last four or five games. They, um, you know, played a guy a guy at right um, guard today that hasn't played the 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 whole year, and plus. Mike Wright was, was hurt. But getting back to um, Salah, I think that Salah deserves a third year. But there is a reason today why he should have been fired at, at the half. The, um, Jets had the ball first and first and ten on their own half-yard line. Seattle had two timeouts left, and they're throwing from their own end zone. All they had to you know, do was, you know, Take a knee and end the half, and he's throwing from his own end zone when they have no shot of scoring any points. So, um, you know, that is a, you know, coaching thing. Got to have hope. You know, next year they're going to get tackles, they're going to get ABT back, they're going to get Hall back, and God knows we we um, need a quarterback. I don't know where it's, um, you know, coming from, but you got to have hope. Because if you don't have hope, you're a Jet fan. Thank <laughs> Nathan, you, Jake. Thank you for the call. Look, y- you are spot on about the injuries. 
Yes, this season is a lot different if they had Brees Hall and AVT. You know what the Jets' record is since those guys went down in the second quarter against the Broncos? They're 2-7. and seven. That's not a coincidence. But when your football team is predicated on two young guys going down and you can't win without them, that's not good. And that is on this coaching staff as well. Yes, I'm not saying fire Robert Sala. I don't want to go through another coaching search. Sean Payton's not coming here, Jet fans. One, I don't think he would choose this job. Two, you'd have to give up a first-round pick to New Orleans to acquire him. I'm not saying get rid of Robert Sala, but they had 10 days to prepare for this game. What did they do all week? Seriously, what did they do all week? Did they practice? Did they know they had a game? I'm not saying fire the head coach, but there's got to be changes to his staff. Someone has got to be held accountable for this. Yes, this team has a bunch of young players, and that should excite every Jeff fan. But, man, do you have the right head coach? That's the question. I didn't think we'd be having this conversation. I really didn't. Robert Sala was in coach of the year conversation with the guy who should win it, Brian Dable. And the Giants had their had their rut. They got out of it. The Jets, here they are. Haven't won a game in December, and now they haven't won a game in January. Oh, but Jake, they're playing meaningful games into this month. That's what you wanted. Yeah, that's what I wanted. But did I think they'd look this inept at times? No. I mean, they were given a gift last week to even be alive. And they take advantage of that gift with 10 days to prepare for a Seahawks team that's also, by the way, 7-8, and eight, also had lost five of their last six. And this is the performance? I mean, look, I'm already losing my hair, but, I mean, I don't know how you're not pulling out all your hair if you sat down and watched this game today. I just, my God, that was disgusting as a diehard fan of the Jets. More of your calls coming up. We're going to get to the Giants in the second hour of the show as well. What a day for the G-Men. Happy New Year to the Giants fan because if you're a Jet fan, nothing was happy about today. 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. It's Jake Asman in for Larry Hardesty. It's The Drive here on 98.7 ESPN. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Coming up here on the Jets. I got to get to something, though, that Robert Salas said after this game today that absolutely pissed me off. I, I don't know how else to say it, all right? And, and I like Robert Sala personally. I'm a fan of his. I do not want to fire him. I don't want to go through the, you know, the, the dog and pony show or bringing in another head coach. But, man, this is a guy that a couple weeks ago, after the Jets lost to the Bills, said we're going to see the Bills again. And, oh, yeah, the Jets since then lost two games at home to the Lions and the Jaguars, and then with 10 days to prepare, came out absolutely flat. And you know what? They came out flat kind of last game against Jacksonville, too. I know that was a lot of Zach Wilson being god-awful. But this team now, in must-win situations, has come out about as flat as you possibly can. And this was Robert Sala, the Jet head coach, on why his team came out flat the last two games. That's a good question. I got to look at everything all the way from top down, starting with me, obviously, with this whole second half of the season. Is there something that we could have done differently from a practice schedule standpoint? Anything just to kick start it. And, you know, we made some changes with this travel schedule to come out a day earlier just to give our, get ourselves acclimated. But there's a lot of things that I can look at individually for myself. It is a great question. How, how do we not know, Robert? I mean, just this is why being a Jet fan is painful. It's brutal. It's horrible. There's nothing good about it. I blame my dad. He's the reason why I'm a Jet fan. I mean, he could have been a Giant fan. As bad as the Giants have been since 2016, at least they've, 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 they've won Super Bowls. I would have been alive for at least two of them. That would have been nice. It's just brutal, man. And I want Salah to be the guy. And I'm not saying fire him. But, man, I'm telling you, this is the game that makes you really question Robert Sala 
and whether or not he's the guy long-term. We know the answer at quarterback is not here on this team. I understand the Jets have been decimated with key injuries. Losing Brees Hall, AVT, that was catastrophic. But it's not an excuse for this team with 10 days to prepare to go out there and be as flat as humanly possible with their season on the line when it should have been dead last Thursday when I left MetLife and sat in my car depressed in traffic driving back to Long Island where I'm from. I mean, brutal. More of your calls right now, 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. Ken in San Diego. San Diego. Ken, you're up next on the show. What's going on, Ken? How's it going, Jay? Great to hear you on ESPN. Congratulations. Thank you, Ken. Um, I got I get, my, my thoughts are here. I don't want to talk about whether it's Wyatt or Wilson. We had 10 days, and this is really uh, what you're really talking about. I don't want to follow Salah right now either. But from a coaching standpoint, we had 10 days. If you looked at the games earlier, if you looked at the Patriots, who had the mastermind uh, Matt Patricia running their offense, they understand what it is. They need to score two touchdowns a game. Their best player is Jacoby Myers, and they put the quarterback into situations where he can throw somebody open, he throws to open slot. If not, they kick the ball and they play field position. That's how they win. And then on the defensive side, we talk about how great our defense is. I've been hearing this ever since the bye. We've changed nothing, Jake. It's the same defense, which is we bend, we don't break, we allow people to run between the 20s. And you know what? It's not going to work. We can't score 21, 28 points right now. We should look right across the division. I mean, look at Belichick's game plan here and say, we have Sauce, we have DJ Reed. Let them play lockdown. And let's not always have our back to these running backs coming out of the backfield getting 40, 50 yards on screens and tight ends. And we just don't make any changes. And so this is not about personnel. This is about coaching and maturity. And I I think it's something that Salah just needs to really look at himself. It's not about getting out earlier to practice. It's about scheming for what you have. And the last piece, which we've been talking about all year, special teams, we almost had another punt blocked. We've, we, we've only we, – we have had the worst punting in the entire NFL. And that has to be a coaching thing. I mean, we have two returns. There's only three returns in the whole entire year. These are coaching issues of a second-year coach, I understand, but they got to be fixed. Ken, so thanks congratulations for the call. Congratulations for being on ESPN. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate that. Look, Braden Man's terrible. All right, once again, I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. You know, I live down in Houston where I do afternoon radio. Braden Mann went to Texas A&M. He's an Aggie. People like him down there. He stinks. Nice guy. He should not be punting. And you know what's so stupid? It's not that hard to find another punter. The Jets had Thomas Morstead on their team last year. He's now punting for the Dolphins and having a very good season. It's just brutal, man. Horrible. Ken is spot on. And also, speaking of special teams, hey, Braxton Berrios, you want to return a punt? You want to grab a ball? Want to maybe do something? This guy was an all-pro a year ago. He looks shell-shocked out there. I mean, my God, man. I understand Zach Wilson's his best friend, and he loves Zach, but, like, ever since Zach started playing god-awful and got benched, Braxton Berrios' play has regressed as well. It's just horrible. Horrible. Today was horrible. I don't know how else you sum up anything else. There's no optimistic view about the Jets after a game like today. You want to talk big picture? Hey, they're a quarterback away. I'll listen to that. But I have major concerns about this coach now after a game like today. I don't know if you're a Jet fan how you couldn't. Cabby in North Carolina, you're up next at 98.7 ESPN. It's Jake Asbitt in for Larry Hardesty here on The Drive. Cabby, what's going on? 
Hey, Jake, man, congratulations. Glad to hear you on ESPN New York. Uh, just a few quick things, and I'll hang up and, uh, and let you uh, talk about it. You know, I, I feel like I have enough faith in Joe Douglas and what he's done to figure out the quarterback situation. I mean, it's not just Joe, Joe Douglas who took a, a swing on Zach or thought Zach would be the next uh, answer. Also, I think uh, with Woody's erratic behavior, I think uh, Michael Floor and Boyer are going to be uh, cut in the next couple of weeks. And uh, once again, I know the defense hasn't been lived up to what we thought, but when you only let up 23 points a game, and yeah, you're not getting turnovers, but we need to score points. This is ridiculous. I mean, this is high school league. Thanks so much. Congrats for that to you on ESPN. Cabby, thank you for the call. You're right. Look, ultimately, the Jets, I believe, have scored 37 total points their last four games. Today, the, it was it was ineptitude by the entire team. You know, the Jaguar game, I defended the defense a bit. They only allowed 19 points. You know, the Lion game, as bad as that fourth and inches debacle was, you know, Braden Mann responsible for seven of the 20 points Detroit scored. The defense only gave up 13. Today, they, everyone was bad. Quarterback was bad. Even Garrett Wilson, who I love, is like a, the, the greatest thing that happened to a jet-wide receiver since Keyshawn Johnson. He's already better than Keyshawn Johnson. Oh, by the way. In fact, I'll tell you what, if Garrett Wilson stays healthy, he might be the best receiver this team's ever drafted. Don Maynard was not drafted by the Jets. All right, that's how much I revere Garrett Wilson. But that drop today probably wouldn't have mattered anyway because this team was inept. But that drop was huge. You know, C.J. Uzama, a couple brutal drops today. I mean, Mike White was not good in this game today, but I understand he's playing hurt. But, man, they don't help him out, whether it's Wilson out there or White. This, the Jets with the drops. Corey Davis had another one today. He's got to go. All right, see you later, Corey. First off, you're never available. And when you do play, you're good for one killer drop every game. It's just, I, I mean, man, it is so frustrating rooting for this team. At least you had clarity on Zach Wilson. So, all right, Zach's not the guy. Go make the playoffs then with Mike White, all right, when you're 7-4. and four. And they can't even do that. It is just brutal. They're eliminated. They couldn't even get to Week 18. I had a flight booked. I was going to Miami. I was ready. All right, I don't know why, but I was ready. And we got that type of performance today. Uh, just awful. Awful all the way around. Top to bottom. Coaching, special teams, offense, defense, it all was terrible. Terrible. 23-6. to six. I, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks are not the 7 Patriots, all right? They're 7-8. and eight. And you no-showed three plays into this game, you're down 7 nothing. I just That was disgusting today. Disgusting. S-O-J. I know the Jets hate it. I know this is the Jets station, but that was same old Jets. I'm sorry. That Just brutal. Brutal. More of your calls coming up. Plus, let's talk about the Giants. How about how about that, Giant fans? You're going back to the playoffs for the first time since 2016, and this was a party at MetLife today, an absolute party. More on the Giants coming up. It's Jake Asman in for Larry Hardesty. It's The Drive here on 98.7 ESPN. We're with you till midnight. This is The Drive with Larry Hardesty podcast on 98.7 ESPN.